Hi guys, Alexa Curtis here, and you are listening to a new episode of The New Unfiltered. If you aren't following the podcast or myself on social media, make sure to do so at, at Alexa underscore Curtis, as well as at The New Unfiltered. And make sure to also check out the new community that is being built for Be Fearless and the Be Fearless Summit. I know I said after the last summit, I probably wasn't going to do another one, but the response from the Yukon one was just too good. So I'm certainly still interested in bringing this to other colleges and looking forward to continuing the conversation there. But through a lot of my work and research, I've come across so many different people. And I really notice when someone says something to me that stands out and it's something that I think about daily. And some time ago, I was on a Zoom call with Dave Kirpin. And if you're not familiar with him, he is an author, an entrepreneur, and a phenomenal speaker. And he first received media attention in the Boston sports market in the late 1990s and early 2000s for his sales strategies at professional sporting events. And since then, he has capitalized into so much more and is a very successful serial entrepreneur. And during this call, he mentioned to me about building a personal brand as well as trying to start a company similar to what I was doing. And because of that, it really made me think, what are the tools to building some type of company or personal brand? And so that's why I wanted to have him on the podcast today. So Dave, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Good to, uh, good to connect again. Well, I know I just introduced you um, through the short bio that I have, but would love for you to jump in and give a little bit more expertise from your experience in business and to what you do now and why you got started. Sure. Uh, so I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I love uh, building companies and solving solving problems that way. And um, I, I started while I was in school I was a ball, as you mentioned, I was a, I was a ballpark vendor in, in, in Boston while I, while I was at BU. And um, being a, a ballpark vendor is actually a lot like being a mini entrepreneur because you're only paid based on how much you sell. And so, um, so I, I was able to sell a lot of Crunch and Munch, which was the, the product that I, I, I sold and, and, and make quite a bit of money and build, build a personal brand as the Crunch and Munch guy back then uh, throughout the process. So I think that that while I was in school helped me fall in love with a brand building, B marketing, uh, marketing, PR, and 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 C entrepreneurship. And so yeah, I've I've gone on to 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 start and build um, several companies, uh, and we sold sold one uh, last year, which was uh, great, pretty life changing, I guess, and um, with my wife and. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, and and now I'm. I'm building a company called Apprentice, and 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 working with um, hundreds and soon thousands of college students myself. So excited to excited to chat, and if I can be helpful for any of your listeners in terms of their the, how they think about building their brand and or um, b- building um, uh, their businesses, I'm I'm delighted to help. It's so funny because when I moved to Austin from LA, originally being from the East Coast, I never heard this word building thrown around so often. And and now in this city and this tech startup hub, that is such a common name. So can you explain to me when you say you're building something or when you talk to people that you're thinking of investing in their company, what does that mean? Like, what does it cost or take for someone to start building something? 
Yeah, that's interesting. Where I, I I like when I'm asked questions that I've never been asked before <laughs> because I get and when doing a lot of interviews, it gets a little tiresome. So I'm excited to, to answer a new question. Um, I think that at its core, um, the difference building is a great word because if you're working for another company, you're not building anything for yourself. You're not building equity for yourself. You're building something for somebody else. You're, you're helping somebody else build something. And, and so I think, I guess part of the reason I'm so biased towards entrepreneurship for people and including young people is um, this idea of, of investing in yourself and building something. Um, it's like building, a house that you can live in versus renting somebody else's house what would you rather what would you rather do well building your own house might um be hard work but at the end of the day you've got a house <laughs> and 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 renting somebody else's house might be easy but at the end of the day you got nothing and so this is what the entrepreneur's journey is 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 building something um from scratch and brick by brick. And it's hard, hard work, but it's pretty darn rewarding uh, if you can be successful at it. I equally agree with my bias towards entrepreneurship. And I am only 24, but I think just having seen so many young people become so obsessed, but not know what the building blocks are. Can you go into some of that and through, through your career and to someone who perhaps wants to start some type of company right now, what is the first step? And then how do you not to use the word again, but to use it again, build on top of those initial steps and keep growing. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, uh, let me say this, it's the best time ever to be an entrepreneur and, and um, it's the easiest time ever to be an entrepreneur. Now, now that doesn't mean it's easy. It's, <laughs> there's lots of challenges, but because of the internet, because of no code, because of social media, um, TikTok in particular now, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a really, really exciting time to pursue entrepreneurship. So I think the first and most important thing is, and I think I mentioned this earlier in terms of my own perspective, is, is solving a problem. It doesn't make sense to be an entrepreneur for the sake of it. It doesn't make sense to just say, I want to be in business. You have to actually be solving a problem. You actually have to be thinking through what, what there is, what, where there's an issue, where there's a challenge, where there's a need, and then solve that issue, challenge, or need. So the, the good news is there are problems everywhere and at every scale, right? There are little, little problems. My, my daughter's first business she started when she was eight uh, was, um, she was at a, she was at a farmer's market in our town and, um, they were, she, she, she got like a, a muffin or something and then she wanted something to drink and there was no, there was no beverages for sale. And she said, dad, there's no beverages for sale. That's a problem. And I said, yeah, you're right. How, how can we solve that? She started a lemonade stand at that farmer's market and made several thousand dollars at, at age eight. So that that's a small scale problem. And then there's, you know, really, really big problems like, like um, people uh, not being able to find stuff on the internet and that's Google. Google solved that, right? And became a, a, um, one of the most important, most valuable companies in, in history. So that, that's the first step is identifying 
a problem and validating that problem by talking to people, surveying people, doing some research, making sure that it really is a problem that needs solving. And then I would say the next most important step is putting together a team. Um, folks can't, you, you can't do it alone. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's finding people that you trust that can be equally or near equally pa as passionate as you are about solving that problem. In an ideal world, it's people that you trust that actually have a different skill set from you. There, um, there's a model I like, the 3H model of building a, a business, uh, requiring um, a hustler, uh, a hacker, and a hipster, which are very broad, somewhat silly terms, but uh, ultimately uh, the, 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 ha the, the hacker is, is, your, is your engineer, your, your coder, your, 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 your science and engineering nerd. The, the hustler is your sales and marketing person and the hipster is your design creative uh, type person. Having ideally all three of those capacities in three different people, in three different founders ideally, is, is, is a great situation. If you don't have that, it, it's hard to do stuff on your own. And then I would say the next step is starting to um, figure out what resources you'll need to, to, to solve the problem and to build your solution. And again, there are very tech heavy, uh, big scale uh, problems and companies that require a lot of capital. And then there are professional services companies that require zero capital and you can be a consultant or, or, or a, um, yeah, like a, like a TikTok consultant. Almost anyone listening to this literally could 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 be a TikTok consultant for fortune 100 company execs that don't understand TikTok, right so don't don't sleep on the fact that there are a lot a lot of problems out there and you have a lot you the listener have a lot of knowledge skills and aptitude to help solve those problems that you might not even realize right you might take for granted that everyone knows how to use tiktok because all your friends know how to use tiktok but i can guarantee you fewer than 10 percent of fortune 100 company senior execs know how to use tiktok well that's a that's that's an opportunity right there for just about everyone that's listening to this okay that's genius and i have a lot of other questions and things that came to mind but i want to jump on the back of that really quick so say you're listening to this and that is something that you're interested in social media or social media marketing and that's a great idea what's your first step because that and especially tiktok is kind of a newer platform what would be your first step to or piece of advice to a 20 something who's like i want to go and work at tiktok or a marketing company and follow in that path with exactly that job title that you just said uh, if you want to work for somebody, call, call them up and, and demonstrate that you have the, the passion to, 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 to do it. Um, there's a great, great book I read when I was 22 and a little confused about what I wanted to do with the rest of my life called uh, What Color Is Your Parachute? And it's probably the book that I've given the most people and recommended to the most people over the years, probably, I don't know, 400 people or so, and um, ranging from age 12 to 62 because yeah, we all have times in our lives where we're not so sure what we want to do with our lives. And um, What Calls Your Parachute is amazing for two reasons. One is it, it turns the idea of job search on its, on its uh, well, for, first of all, it, it helps you do the hard work of figuring out what, what it is that you're really passionate about and with, whether you want to work for yourself 
or a small business or a big business or a nonprofit or a government agency and and really helps you hone in um, on on what you want. So so when I when I read it, I had an elementary education degree, but I had this experience having worked in uh, in Boston sports market and loving marketing and, and, and sales and promotions. And um, I read the book and I put it all together and I and I and I said, you know what, I'd love to work in marketing for Disney. And there was a Disney office in, in Boston. And that brings me to the second part of what's so great about what colors your parachute. It, it says instead of instead of applying for job listings where the jobs have already probably been filled, just call up the, the just just literally call up the place where you want to work and get a hold of somebody and 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 get yourself in the door and do an informational interview and start sharing your passion. And organizations will hire folks <laughs> that demonstrate that sort of passion. So I went into Radio Disney in Boston and I had a meeting with the station manager and I said, um, I'm a recent grad, but I, I know how to market and I love kids and I'm actually listening to Radio Disney and loving the pop music. I'm, I'm pro probably the only uh, uh, straight male adult on the planet that loves Radio Disney, but I do. And uh, and she she hired me and I within a few months, I was the, the top sales salesperson in the country and making really, really great money for age. I don't I guess I was 22, 20, 22 back then. So the idea is just just to go for it. And you'd be surprised that actually that that method actually works uh, quite a bit. And perhaps what if you wanted to start your own company like you are super into social media and you would like to help strategize for many of these bigger companies as a young person? What would be your advice for that person? Yeah, the first thing I would do is, is call, is, it's very similar. I would call up that first client. I would mm -hmm. sell that first client. Like people spend a lot of time building websites and thinking through all this stuff they have to do. But I would validate the concept by calling up 10, 10, 10 folks and, and selling them and getting, getting, getting a deal done. And then, you know, once I got my first deal done, I would, um, then I would build my website, et cetera. And you could call them up and say, look, um, you can be honest. Look, I, I, I'm, this is, I'm starting out on this. So, you know, normally I'm going to charge $20,000, but for you, I'm going to charge 2000, uh, 90% off. Um, because I want to prove it myself and it's still 2000 bucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then I, then I would use that first deal to build yeah. my website or, you know, and, and, and start to build my, 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 my online presence and maybe hire a couple freelancers, et cetera. If Radio Disney was still around, I would have pitched them a show called Get the Deal Done with Dave because it's so simple, right? And, and I bet you're all often asked by young people, I'm too scared to do it. I'm too scared to write that email. And if you're too scared, it's hard for someone to, to push you to do it until you're comfortable enough to do it. But I was reading one of your articles in Inc. and you were talking about someone being a good salesperson, good, but not great. And as an entrepreneur, it's all sales. Like that's something that I've learned, whether I'm selling the summit or I'm selling my own personal brand, getting good at selling as well as being comfortable with rejection is critical. So how do you decipher what good and great means as a salesperson and when you're hiring? Yeah. So first, let me go back to what you said about fear, um, because I do agree that fear is the number one thing that holds people back pretty much in all areas, including yeah. sales. And um, I, my, my strategy with respect to fear is to um, embrace the fear and um, act anyway, which is like literally the definition of courage. And so when we 
embrace our fear and um, go for it anyway and have the courage to 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 risk uh, rejection and failure and all that stuff. That's when we can be. That's when we can be successful. Um, sales is really key, and there's a lot, a lot of folks that build products um, and are really, really smart, but can't sell and, and ultimately can't be successful. So I, I would urge everybody uh, listening to work on their sales skills because sales is everywhere in life. Even if sales is asking that girl out that you have a crush on, or convincing your parents to. Uh, pay for uh, graduate school or wh whatever it is. Sales, sales is everywhere. Being able to convince others of things, and the, the, the great news is you can get better. There's lots of great courses one can take on sales. Videos that you can watch, books that you can read, and um, it's you can get a lot, lot better at sales. A lot of it is listening skills. Really listening well, um, being attuned to uh, folks sharing their issues, their concerns, their needs, and then. Uh, solving, so helping, helping solve those concerns, issues, or needs. When we can do that, we can become very good salespeople. Yeah, and and so much of it, like you said, is people skills, and that's a really great way if you are younger to capitalize on something like an internship or having some type of side hustle, which is so common now because that's how you learn. When you were starting and before you became so successful, did you have a side hustle? Was there something that you were working on that wasn't really paying your bills initially? No, <laughs> I was good at making money from the start. I mean, I, while I was at school, I, I, I worked as the, again, as the, the ballpark vendor and I was making really frankly great money then. Um, I, I don't, I, 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 I would still call it a side hustle. I, I guess my, my suggestion is that side hustles don't have to, you don't have to not make money um, with a side hustle. On the contrary, um, wouldn't it be great if 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 we could um, take our side hustles and 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 make good money from the start and think through how we can make more money? One one lesson I learned uh, over time, uh, which is why I gave the example earlier for discounting something from twenty thousand dollars to two thousand dollars, is that young people tend to um, devalue themselves a lot, and entrepreneurs are starting off tend to devalue themselves a, a lot. When when we when we started our first company, uh, uh, Likeable, um, our first clients, we were charging as little as five hundred dollars a month for, and I was schlepping and doing all kinds of work for five hundred dollars. And then as we grew, we, we we realized we couldn't sustain ourselves charging five hundred dollars a month, so we doubled our prices and tripled our prices and quadrupled our prices and kept raising our prices. And every time we raised our prices. We were, we were a bit nervous that uh, folks wouldn't want to do business with us. And it just never happened, like never. Uh, we, we went from $500 a month to $50,000 a month. And uh, we're, we're able to grow our client base at the same time, not, 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 not lose clients. And so I, I think the lesson here is side hustles are great, but, but uh, know your worth and, uh, and don't settle for less. Yeah, that, that initial part and time to figure out your worth is so interesting. And that's something that I always am intrigued to see on Shark Tank is when they're evaluating a company and they're always projecting what this company is worth when at the beginning, they still might be bringing in, for example, a hundred or $200,000 a year. And then the evaluation is, I think it's either like three or eight times that. So if someone is listening to this episode and has been working on this side hustle for 
let's say six months and they're yeah. making $500 a month from it and it's still not full time. Uh, and they just are so desperate to leave their job that they hate and go full time with this. What, what do we do? What's the advice? Well, it's hard without more context. Um, if you're only making $500 a month at something, you know, sometimes that might not be the right fit either. Right. So, you know, I, I, I could say go all in and quit your job, but the truth is, you know, I don't, I don't know their situation. I don't know your, I don't know their situation. I would say, um, it's really important to do that self inventory and to understand what your needs are and also um, think through where you are in life, right? So, so when we started our first company, we already had a child. Um, I, I didn't leave my job. I was a teacher at the time. I didn't leave my job until we secured enough clients to be able to pay for healthcare for, for, mm-hmm. for, our, for our daughter. And I would say that, um, so, so much depends on context, right? If you're, if you are a single person in your twenties that doesn't have a mortgage or a partner or kids, it's the best time to take significant risks and quit your job and go for it. That being said, if you have a baby, (laughs) then no, you probably shouldn't quit your job. And maybe, maybe you should never quit your job. So ultimately it's, it's uh, really in the eyes of the individual um, and sort of knowing what their uh, risk profile is and what their what their what your needs are it's really nice to talk to successful entrepreneurs because they're always so adamant about taking that risk and is there one risk in your career path that has stood out to you that was the biggest risk and I know that you said you had a child at this point and and whatnot but is there anything looking back that this that you felt the most fearless doing it was the biggest risk that you took and it paid off Biggest risk I took was uh, was when we started our first company and um, and starting a company with, with 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 my wife I think was a big risk because if it went to hell um, it could have really risked yeah. the marriage and and the relationship which which ultimately is more important to me than business success so um, that was pr- that was the biggest risk and I think when I when I counsel uh, couples on starting businesses together I I, I do say that they, they need to be very cautious and very uh, transparent and very communicative uh, and very careful uh, because of that risk. Uh, it, it does blow up. Entrepreneurship blows up quite a few relationships and marriages. Um, so yeah, looking back, that was probably the biggest uh, risk, but uh, I am proud to say that it did in fact work out very well. I'm always fascinated by couples who start companies together because I just think that that shows so much strength as a couple, because it's really freaking hard, I am assuming, to do that and to make it happen every day. But I would assume that that element of balance has become so important in every step of that way. So you're building something now called Apprentice, and it's very kind of in line with what I am, um, what I've done with colleges and whatnot. So tell me a little bit about that before we wrap up. Sure. So, um, so throughout this, my first several years in business, and a couple of different businesses, I was able to hire college students who worked for me while they were in school part-time and then often came to work for me full-time after they graduated. And I had one such uh, uh, student um, uh, apprentice uh, named Rob, uh, and he came to me a few years ago and said, you know, while he, when he was a senior in college and said, 
Uh, Dave, I've learned so much from you, and I know you've done this with other college students, and I know I've done valuable work for you. I think there's a business model here. And I said, wow, you're totally right. And Rob went uh, from being my um, my apprentice while in school to being my business partner and co-CEO on the company called Apprentice, which is a, a, a managed marketplace that connects CEOs and entrepreneurs with the best and brightest college students. And two years later, I'm very proud that we uh, hit the uh, million dollar mark in revenues. And so, so I made I made Rob, a, I helped to make Rob a million dollar entrepreneur at the uh, age of 24. And now uh, we are continuing to scale up. So if you're listening and you're our college student, or if you're listening and you are an entrepreneur, a small business uh, owner, um, we can probably be helpful either way. And uh, I, I invite you to uh, go to chooseapprentice.com and learn more and uh Mention Alexa and we'll give you a special discount. How's that? Dave, you are so amazing. I'm going to ask you one last question here. Anyone who doesn't have a mentor and wants a mentor right now, where do they go and find a mentor? Yeah, a mentorship has been, uh, mentorship is a huge, huge part of my life. We're actually building a nonprofit this year uh, uh, to support uh, mentorship of of, um, young entrepreneurs and student entrepreneurs. And uh, I would say, uh, use use your network, use your, your LinkedIn, your your parents, you know, connections with your parents and reach out to people, reach out to 20 people and you'll, you'll, you'll start to, uh, you'll start to build conversations with people. There are a lot, a lot of people out there that love to give back and love to um, provide mentorship. And again, talk about sort of being fearless and, and, and being courageous. I would say there's no downside to reaching out. Um, and, and, fr- and frankly, if anyone wants me to mentor them, I do mentorship every Thursday afternoon for free, and you can schedule that at scheduledave.com. And I'm delighted to, uh, to, to, to mentor anyone that's listening, myself. Dave, thank you so much for coming on today. It was such an awesome uh, chance to chat and connect with you. And I look forward to continuing the conversation about mentorship and business following this episode. Uh, and anyone else who is interested in business as well as startup, Dave has some really phenomenal articles online. And that is initially how I found him was through one of his ink pieces. So certainly check that out. And for anyone else who is interested in kind of next step for the summit and for the mentorship platform here. I am really excited to have this launch as of Monday of last week. And what the goal of this is, is basically beta testing for this app. Now, through the process of looking into investors and funding, I'm just realizing a lot about that journey and that process and and obviously being very crystal clear on the community that I've built through these summits. And so to do that, I really wanted to capitalize on taking everyone who's come to these summits and a lot of you who have followed me who are new or who followed me from the beginning and putting you all into one platform. Uh, so the link to that is in my Instagram bio as well as my website. And you can certainly go right on there and uh, submit to be a part. And I'm kind of calling it the Soho House of Mentorship. And if you're not familiar with Soho House, it's basically this platform and this community place where you can uh, go and submit to go to these events and be a part of the house. And I think that's a really cool thing that I found that I really enjoy is having a community that is in a sense already ingrained with you because I find a lot of people, they're always looking for mentors or this community and they don't know where to go. But a lot of times where you go is exactly where you have already been going through your friends, through the people that you know. So you want to make sure that you really, really utilize those resources. And uh, I will see you guys back next week for a new episode of the new unfiltered. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you guys soon. Bye.